Hello and welcome to a Taylor's Tales podcast. This is Chris's Corner. I'm your host, Chris Taylor, and welcome back to a brand new episode. This week, I've got a range of topics. I'm back from Vienna. I'm back in Zeals, and I am enjoying myself as uh, it was recently my dad's 60th birthday. That's right. My uh, father is, to me, always been the old man, but he is officially the old man as well. So that was a nice celebration to have there. Um, as well as talking about my travels, talking about uh, a range of topics from fitness to um, going, talking about what's going on in the world generally. And this is going to be a bit of a on-the-fly podcast. It's not going to be as structured as some of the previous ones that I've gone through. I like to do these every now and then just to keep things a little bit more relaxed, a little bit more chill, and to check in with what's going on in the world and some of the topics that I've recently seen. Uh, Let's get started with a little bit of, of travel, just a little smidgen. I've, I recently did like three weeks in Europe, and I love traveling on my own because it gives me a lot of self-reflection. And this time, because I was doing a little bit of work and then also traveling at the same time, and when I say work, I mean like preparing for work. I shouldn't really say work. I should be say, like, it's more like studying more than anything else because it's me uh, focusing on getting better at coding for the new job that I'm going into. And that is constantly being put pushed back purely because of uh, work timelines that I am not a part of. So I won't get into that and I won't give any sort of timeline on here because I have no idea what the future holds, which is exciting and scary at the same time. But with traveling, one of the main things that I have found is that maybe because I'm getting into my later 20s, 26 at the moment, turning 27 at this, the end in August, which is crazy to think, but it, there's still so much time to, to work with over the next five years to be able to progress myself. And I've, I feel like I've accomplished so much in the past like five years alone that the next five years are a really exciting period of time and that I can keep pushing forward and keep adding to my life resume. And I talk about the life resume a lot on this podcast where I'm getting that from Jesse Itzler. So if you haven't heard of him, go look him up. Jesse Itzler is the guy who wrote Living with a Navy Seal, who is one of the first people to basically introduce David Goggins to the world. Uh, he is one of those people that's inspirational in the ter term of utilizing time management and understanding that you have control over what you get done in the day, who you see, like the time you spend with people, the the amount of time that you give to people. He also made me really think about, you know, what you want to be remembered for and what you want to be d known for in your life and what you've done in your life. And this idea of having no regrets is based around some of the stuff that he wrote in Living with a Navy SEAL, but also Living with, a Living with Monks, his other book. And it's this idea that you need to truly utilize the time that you have over a long period of time. And for those who feel that their life is like slowly going away, but also at the same time, you can feel like you waste a lot of time. You can feel that if you're at university and you're not studying enough or you're not hitting as many goals or targets, is that you have to have an overall goal in your mind. You have to have a target, a target that's meaningful to you. So let's say you're struggling with your university degree and that you no longer feel that it inspires you. Well, then you need to take another goal. You have to have something personal to you that's really meaningful, that's gonna be getting you through those tough times. There's gonna be something underlying so other than getting your 
degree, you have to think of what it means to you in the future to have achieved that goal, even if achieving the goal isn't as meaningful as it was when you first began the journey. Uh, and that's, it's a very difficult thing to find. And being able to find that is actually what I'm trying to get at here in, in, in the sense of when I'm traveling, I understand that it doesn't matter where you are in the world. You always have to have some sort of goal or target to be able to hit. And it doesn't matter whether you're abroad or enjoying yourself or on a holiday. There's always going to be in time fleeting by. And so you have to have these moments where you reflect upon that and understand, are you hitting the goals? Are you hitting the targets? Because that is, it's underlying in the human condition to have that end target, that end goal, and to have that nice little big tick at the end of it after you've crossed it off. Because if you don't have that, you're just meaninglessly walking through life. And it can feel like you're lost. And I've understand that was very much like that as a teenager. I didn't really have any goals or targets or a lot of these things. I just sort of meandered through life. And it's ever since I've really taken myself to be task orientated and to be able to be focused on goal that I've become a lot more content with how I live and I've achieved so much. And this is only in my you know, mid to late 20s that I've been able to do this. And you've got to be considering if a, if a 20-something, no, you know, nobody from nowhere can do that, then I can do it too. And it's these small things, these small things that we adjust in our lives to be able to do that. One of the things that I've realized as well is that I'm very different in terms of how I get things done. Uh, the majority of people love to go drinking on the weekends. They love to go partying, go dancing, go go out and meet, meet new people in these, in these environments where you can, I'd like to point out that you can barely hear each other talk and therefore the conversation isn't exactly high quality in the first place. But nonetheless, they make that decision to do so. And for me, I'm like, I'm going to be in bed by 10 and I'm going to be uh, up at like six. And so it's, it's very much makes me laugh when I hear people like, oh yeah, I was up to like one or two in the morning and I'm sat there like, yeah, can't relate. And that's for me. I've always been like that way. I've been, I've fell asleep at parties uh, since I was like seven years old. So that's clearly something that's been ingrained in me since since day one. And that's nothing to do with my family. My family are great. They can stay up whenever, and, and so can my my sister as well, and my friends. They all can do that. It's just me. So I am the party pooper when it comes down to it. I'm clearly an old man in, in a young person's body in terms of that. But it works for me. And another thing I realized when I was traveling is, as well is that, you know, I like to eat healthy foods. I like to get, like I said, th those goals done. I want to be able to get some work done. I want to get some studying done. I want to be able to meditate, get the reading, writing done. I want to be ticking those off in my mind because otherwise they're sat there. And it's like when you're at university, when you know you want to go hang out with your friends but you've got these, these work and it's at the back of your mind the entire time. You don't want to have that at the back of your mind. So you get up early and get that done and then you can chill. And that's something that I figured out when I was traveling. I was like, I was getting up early, I was getting work done. And then in the afternoons, I freed up enough time to be able to walk, walk around the cities and walk around Prague and Vienna and, and, and Berlin and, and Amsterdam and not feel guilty because I'd already got a load of work done and go in and, and really focus on the stuff that I wanted to see. And so that, that's just a little bit of advice there. I think working out every day really helps as well. When you've got that as a, 
as an aim, as a, as a goal, it clears your mind. So let's say you've worked really hard from, let's say, 6 till 12. You've done, and you've had little breaks in between those. You've done what I use where you're using these, like, sessions, hour, 25-minute or hour-long sessions of studying and working. And you break it up in between, between food breaks and, and drink breaks and whatever. And then you get to 12, you go to the gym. You get your hour and a half or two hours or hour done. And you've broken the day up. And then you can go back again, get some more work done, and then you can come, and it's 3 o'clock, and you can go out, and you've still got the whole afternoon and evening to be able to do whatever you want. Now, granted, this isn't the case when you've got a 9-to-5 job, but it does still work. Let's say you've got the 9-to-5. I saw this with Kobe, and he described training. Now, I'm not getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning. I'm sorry, that that's that would break me after a while. But I can do 5 and I can do 6. And so he talks about getting up at 4 and then getting 2 hours of training in. Going for breakfast, coming back, doing it 9 till 11. And then from going and having the break again. And then going from 2 till 4. And then breaking up again. And then going from 6 till 9. And it's like this, just by getting up earlier... He's able to like increase his training by three or four times. And I think this is the difference between people who want to be the best and those who are willing to settle. Because you'll do the nine to five and you'll still be like, oh, but I haven't got anything that I wanted to get done. If you have kids, you're like, oh, I've still, I've, I do the nine to five and then I, I spend, you know, the smallest amount of time because they've either come back from school or they've been come back from daycare and they're tired and they don't really like maybe you're lucky enough and they'll they'll come running up to you and all these things or maybe you don't have kids and you're just like i want to get something personal done and you're exhausted from the day and you're like i can't be bothered but if you wake up earlier and you take half an hour or you take 20 minutes or you take 10 minutes even to get that piece of work done then you you know you you know in the back of your mind that even when you've done that nine to five you still have the ability to go back and say well i did this for myself earlier today meditation reading whatever you want it to be making for me writing how's adventures you know it's 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 these small things and it will be long term it's not going to be bang 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 you're going to see the results immediately it's got to be the incremental steps uh, and i think you know this is with all personal projects we all expect this like immediate snap click right now i'm a millionaire now i'm now i'm the best in the world now I'm, now i'm a best-selling author or the best podcaster in the world or the best whatever it's, it's like no I, I this is one of the best things that i've ever learned is like i wish i was told this at school and i don't think i'd ever be because there's no teacher out there who's learned this because the people who've learned this are the best people in the world and they're not teaching, <laughs> they're being the best people in the world, is that you have to work such a long period of time to even achieve a slight bit of greatness. Even a slight, even to see that small, and I, you know, I've, I've seen this, I've been running now for eight years, and I've gone from t running a 12-minute mile when I first started to running a 7-minute 30 mile, or even better than that, a 640, you know, and even be below that, depending on the length of of the of the run but to be able to get to that point that's eight years people want to be able to get from you know the 10 to the 7 within a year or less than that the amount of people who want to hit the gym and come out and be ripped and shredded within a month or like a or six month period they're like yeah i'm just gonna diet for this short amount of time i don't know whether the human condition is really truly made 
to be able to understand long term because we're so ingrained because of the the hunter gatherer mindset of I might not be eating tomorrow or I might not see tomorrow is that we want these immediate things and that's how the like the the mind works it's so built like that uh, and I don't know the ins and outs of it, but I do find myself thinking more and more uh, about these things when I was traveling was because I was like, I'm in such a good place right now, mentally speaking, because I'm just doing the stuff that I want to do, that it makes you really understand why you're happy or why you're content or why you're sad, is these states are fleeting, but they are part of the, of, of this underlying Ooh, 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 monkey man sort of like you know ingrained genetics within you and so you've got to be able to work with that and that's it's really intriguing thinking about that uh on you know on without without getting too what's the word too too complex and and, and too lost in in the world that's really important as well as not to get lost because that's something that can be easily done uh, and that we can all find ourselves oh, we're on a spinning planet, going through space and time, you know, what's the point of life? Well, you know, if you have these goals, these small things, these small reflections, then you have the ability to say, push that away, I'm going to focus on this, the now, making myself better so I can make the world better. Something that my um, my parents brought to my attention is like, I think I'm looked at as quite narcissistic in terms of how I look at things. And it's not narcissism, it's being told by the people I truly respect that if you want to be better, you've got to make yourself better to help the world. And if you don't, if you think that's narcissism or, or arrogance or, you know, just like overall ego, then that's fine. You can think like that. But the good thing is like the more I've progressed, the better I've been able to be useful. You know, the, the better I, I have become, the more useful I am to the world. If I was the same person I was when I was 18 to now, I wouldn't be useful at all. And that's the problem, is that people nowadays think this is narcissism, arrogance, and ego. It's not. It's hell. It's becoming... I think this is something that I love about this podcast. I'm trying to be the big brother that I never had. Now, nobody's good. Probably very few people are going to understand that. But for me, I never had any guidance. It was just... I was the oldest... I didn't have, uh, you know, parents to guide me in that sort of sense in, in terms of these key things that I've learned. I've learned it all myself, individually and solely on me. Learning to travel on my own, learning to, to work out on my own. All of these things that are external from education and all of those things, it's been self-taught. I've had to learn from other people outside who've become mentors to me outside of my family and friends. And not everyone's lucky enough to have mentors or to have brother, older people in your life who are gonna be able to give you these, this information. I've been lucky enough to do so. And that's why this level of quote unquote narcissism or arrogance or as I've seen on frigging social media, classing podcast, I think I saw a quote, some men are doing podcasts instead of going to therapy. Go fuck yourself if you're putting that out there. Nothing infuriates me more than people becoming other people's judgment on, like, looking at someone's mindset and saying, you know what, I don't like that. I'm going to prescribe them with medication and stuff like that. It's just like, ugh, weakness in my mind. But nonetheless, I digress. My point being is that by bettering yourself, you're going to better the world. So 
And I spoke about, I've spoken with so many people on, on the podcast about this, and most of the time they're agreeing because they understand that the world can only become better if you make it better. So let's move on to a different topic. Travelling, all of those things, I loved it. As I've said, a lot of reflection, a lot of self-reflection, and a lot of more travelling to do. And so I'm going to try and make sure that I get some better backgrounds uh, for, for when I'm recording the podcast. So it's always fun to do. So speaking of something that I've seen recently, and this is a little bit of bit of fun, something that I found kind of interesting. I've seen it in the fit, fitness industry recently. And I don't know, if, if you're not into the fitness industry, it's fine, but I think it's very interesting to hear, nonetheless, is that because of the self, the images that are being put out there on social media, there's a lot, like a really quite high standard for both men and women in terms of like body image. And so that's quite kind of like, for a lot of people, that's down, uh, what's the word, like uh, depressing maybe, or all of those things. For me personally, I, I use it as fuel uh, and... It, it, and it's because I've I was skinny fat and like in such a state where I didn't I had a terrible start in the first place I look at myself now and like I'm in such a state now where it's complete opposite that there's such a big difference that I don't have um, this sort of I think it's almost you know that understand that change uh, and body image issues is, is is a serious issue in the industry. And one of those things that I've seen recently is that there's like people in their early 20s and even my age in their late 20s abusing PEDs. And, and what I want to talk about is like there's like 23 year olds going on TRT because they think they have like quote unquote low testosterone. Now, I don't know these things personally, but it doesn't sound exactly right. And I was watching... Uh, a couple of the people I watch in the fitness industry talking about this. And it's really intriguing. Like, what mindset do you have to be in? Like, that's such a low state where you think it's a good idea to basically change your life because it will. Because once you start taking these PDs or TRT, you won't be able to stop. And you have to understand. <laughs> it's, it's like basically saying, I'm going to make a bet that... You know, is it going to be good odds on myself? That I'm going to look good enough to the point where my mind says, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> and that's just, like, that's insane. There's, there's madness to me because your your mind will never, it, there's never enough. And that's the human condition. Is like, it's like food, that hunter-gatherer mindset I talk about. It's never enough. So you'll be taking, blasting even more milligrams of TRT and PEDs. And this is why I just think, Dude, like, I think so many, there's so much good advice out there saying just stay natural for, like, all of your life if you can. And if not, and you get to your, like, 50s and you're, like, low energy and you have low, you know, testosterone, then start taking it then. Because by the time you're, you know, late 50s or, you know, 55 or, 50 or into that era, then you may actually need it and you may need to go to a doctor for it. But if you're in your 20s, 30s and even, you know, 40s to some matter, it's very questionable that you're thinking that you're going to change your life because you're going to have to be taking this medication like you're, for instance, uh, if you're insulin deficient. And you have to take, uh, I believe, it, well, yeah, sorry. Yeah, it's insulin. Yeah. So if you're diabetic, that was the word I was looking for. <laughs> so if you're diabetic, uh, you don't have a choice. You have to take this. And so you'll be sticking a needle in you all the time. And I remember this growing up. I've seen people who are diabetic. It's not fun. 
Like, it's not a thing that people go, oh, yeah, I wish I was diabetic. Like, that's a great idea. And that's what you're doing with TRT and, like, PEDs. You're, like, going, you know what? I'm going to make myself a diabetic, basically, because I'm going to have to force myself to decrease my testosterone and then take some externally to be able to increase it to the point because I'm destroying my body hormones. It's like... To me, it's madness, just so that you can get this image, this thing that is a fleeting moment. It's like happiness. I've talked about this. It's a state of mind. It's not something that's just permanent. You don't get to that point. You're like, there you go. I'm at it. I'm good. I'm I'm perfect, man. I'm at, I'm an all-time high. Like that's so dumb. It's like going like I, you know, I'm now I'm Chris Bumstead, and even Chris Bumstead's like, uh, yeah, I'm a skinny bitch. Like when he's like 230 pounds of pure lean muscle on stage. You know what I mean? Like it's, it it doesn't make sense to me. Like these kids. Uh, I feel again. This is like the the Big Brother mindset in my in my mind, where I'm thinking to myself like someone needs to take them around the shoulder and say to them, "Look, you look you look great for your age. You're putting in the hard work. You're putting in all these good things. Please take a second and consider what you're about to do because it's going to change your life. It's like getting married or having kids. Once you do that, there's no going back. Like you will change your life by doing so." Buying a house, exactly the same. And I think we need to be putting, like, serious uh, warnings on on this, with, with this, like, sort of stuff, in the sense that it's so, like, flicked off in terms of uh, what I would call something like, oh, just take it like this, you know? It's, it's not that bad for you. It's like smoking, really. I think that people need to start considering that way. Um, and that's my two cents on it, because I'm not going to get into due details. Number one, because I'm not experienced in that area. Number two, because uh, I have never, ever taken anything. I never will, because I believe in what I'm saying. And I, you know, if, if you're going to say something, you better be willing to, you know, proof in the pudding sort of thing. And number three is that there's so many natural athletes out there who are friggin' inspirational to look at them. And just, like, they're if they're willing to hold you know, wave the flag and, and sort of continue down that road, then why the hell should, you know, you do these things? And and so I'm not going to name names because I think it's up to you to go research yourself. If I give you the answers, it's, it's not really that meaningful, is it? You need to find them for yourself. It's a lot of these things in life is that we're all looking for the quick and easy answer to be able to um, just sort of get there. And the truth is, is that it's the journey that actually matters. And I know it's cliche and screw that stuff. Uh, when I see it on Instagram and these quote, quote unquote, inspirational people, fuck that shit. Um, I genuinely think that you have to, you know, climb the mountain to really enjoy the peak. So, yeah. Moving on. Uh, I think this is related as well, because t- when I say TRT and PEDs are made... Uh, less dangerous than they actually are it's mainly because of the influencers who prescribe them and when i say prescribe them it's like they talk about them without emphasizing the importance of how of an impact they have on their lives uh and it's all well and good us us all wanting to be famous and all these things and personally i think that the fame is 
you want to push that aside and, and make the, the, the message you're trying to get across the more important thing. And I think that's what's been forgotten and that the majority of influencers have the amount of same amount of brain cells as a bloody Labrador, you know. And so we put these people on pedestals who are who are basically uh, willing to go woof woof at the counter of money, money, money. And so we've got to be considering that. I mean, the thing is, I love Dwayne The Rock Johnson and I'm going to use him as an example here, but he's not exactly... He's not a good example in terms of like somebody who you should idolize. Number one, he's on steroids. Doesn't ever talk about it either. I mean, if you think he's not, then this is the problem. And I think it is, loads of people have talked about this. So I am re rehashing a subject that has been hashed over and over and over again. But I still think it's important to say it. Is that when people have that much power... And once they get a taste of it, they never want to let go of it. But if we compare people whose message is educational, let's say Brian Cox, for instance. Brian Cox, scientist, provides information on the world and the and the physics behind the world we live in. I consider that to be something that's extremely important. My dad does well; he's a huge fan, and so are some of my friends as well. And it's the same with his counterpart in the U.S. Uh, and it's. It's, it's truly fascinating to see the difference in followings between the two of those. So one's very flashy, has, billion, has millions of followers, the other one not so much. And yet the other one has more educational me messaging. And that says to me where society is at at the moment. And so we've got to be considering, is that a good thing? And as individuals, bringing back full loop to the beginning of the podcast, is it down to you, a person an individual to make the difference i think it is and i'm not saying that the rock's a bad person i'm just saying i wish there was that sort of openness and and willingness to say yes right i'm doing this it's probably not good for the majority of you and this is an image used to be able to promote a a lifestyle that isn't going to be solid for everybody but the underlying message is good, health and, and well-being. And we want to make it educational at the same time. I don't think it's sexy. I think that's the problem. And the lack of a sexy message, we need to find someone who's willing to, to break that boundary and, and, and find that middle ground. Uh, and I think that's going to be a long time before we, uh, we get there. Because as we've seen with the rise of the platform of TikTok, the message doesn't have to be educational it can just be really really dumb and really really shallow and that can be a kind of a sad thing to see so moving on from that the the whole point of that sort of barrage of information there was that maybe just look a little bit deeper take a little bit of time to educate yourself on some of these subjects really think about what you're going to be doing and telling other people and really Think about the importance, the impact that you have on the influence of your friends, the close family, the circle you have, uh, and the information that you're putting out there. Because it can be extremely impactful on some people that you say things with facts and foundations that have no foundations. And that is truly important because it can come back to bite you in the ass. Yeah, I, you know what? This sounds like I'm having a rip session into people, and maybe I am. I, you know, it's far too much fun doing this at the same time. But I do want to talk about the uh, 
state of YouTube at the moment. Uh, I think there's a very there's a few people that I I love watching on a regular basis, and I make pod you know those imaginary podcasts with some of the guests, and I I think that they reflect my love for the podcasting scene. Uh, specific podcasts and specific. Uh, I wish I could. Uh, what I might do at some point is take some of the Dan Carlin podcasts and really go through all of them and do a whole section because I love doing history podcasts. It's just that it takes a lot of research to be able to get those done. And so you have to really, really, you know, get some of these finer details. And so these on-the-fly podcasts are very much easier to go through than it, than it is those. But I will get back to those. But I think that people like that, Dan Carlin, have made some of the best informational podcasts out there of all time. And he's probably like the, the one in a million where he's popular at the same time as, as, as the information he puts out there because of the detail, because of the facts, because of the figures. Uh, and he is he's brilliant at how he presents it and, and talks about it via the podcasting platform. But my point is that YouTube at the moment doesn't, it doesn't promote people like that. And that, to me, is where the problem there's three things youtube has at the moment that keeps that you know it's it's funded it's got the ads and then the people on youtube because the ads don't provide enough money they go to merch and then because they have the merch and the merch is pretty shit let's be honest 90 percent of it uh we then go to the next next best thing which is patreon or external ads coming onto the videos and so we've got a double barrage of ad sales coming in and it's because well, there's not really. You see, that's this is the question, isn't it? Is there enough money? Because if there was enough money, then why do we need external ads? And so, there's some of these ads where external ads, which I I love. Like so, there's there's for instance Joe Rogan. I remember when he got in between the popularity he has now and, and, and in episode 700 period because he was very popular in that i'm not saying he wasn't you know not popular he's very popular at the time back in 2017 but not as insane as he is now but he had ads that he loved and he believed in and he was able to select those while he was on youtube because the youtube algorithm didn't necessarily favor some of the content that he prescribed to the internet and this is the question isn't it is that YouTube's a corporation. It's a corporation because it belongs to Google and Google belongs to Alphabet Group and so on. And so they've got to make money, which makes sense. And that, that, that I'm not debating. That is exactly how capitalism works. But what's the question behind the ads is that the ads that are put by YouTube on these videos, they only work so much and they do demonetize a lot of the videos that are put forward because of certain topics. Now, that's down to YouTube to, to sort out, and that's, you know, how it is in, the, in those certain things. But what I have noticed is that the more truth you tell, <laughs> or the more fun you have, the less likely your uh, videos to be monetized. And that, that's kind of the opposite of what YouTube began at back in 2006, was that it was going to be creative, it was going to be fun, and it was going to be relatively seen by quite a few people so we've got to be questioning whether that there needs to be a new evolution a new version of youtube and i'm not saying that it's not good enough as at the moment it's the best platform to be on it is by far the best platform in all of the internet in terms of my my opinion there's there's very few other places that have made uh 
people's ability to change lives in such a good way but there is also a question of evolution we've seen so many sort of like different evolutions of youtube over the period of time the adpocalypse the sort of period of time where it got bought by google um before and after that and and what i would call the casey neistat area where the vlogging period where it just smashed out huge amounts of of money during that period of time and now we're in this stagnation where it hasn't really changed and that people have had to just sort of deal with it on their own individually as creators and there's not much of a rise over the years very specific people have been chosen to rise in youtube but i am less likely to see many people going from zero to hero very often on youtube and i'm questioning that whether we need to take that to the next level i'm not providing any solutions at the moment because i don't know i'm just speaking out loud and thinking about it but maybe as i do there can be something and maybe that's down to me to be able to come up with for the next podcast so like i said people on that it's not just youtube by the way it's the people on youtube there seems to be a little bit of seriousness, a little bit, a little bit of cancelling, a little bit of all of these things. There's also uh, almost like some of the main channels have become like TV shows in themselves, very corporate, very structured, very less human than they used to be. And that to me is kind of, I'm not saying that that's certain bad because the audience is depicted by the, the creator and the creator by the audience. Uh, and I think that for me, I'm a big fan of the people who are free will it, free willing it a little bit in in, in my mind, uh, and and that's just me. But it is interesting to see that I worry that the corporate side of things may affect the content, and we may need to evolve that. So let's move on to the next one. And this is just for Star Wars fans out there. For all those those who haven't watched the Obi Wan Kenobi uh, episode that I did last, please go do so to be able to get some of the app, the new information on the first two episodes of the Obi Wan Kenobi series. I watched episode three recently, and I'm going to just say this: Darth Vader is absolutely terrifying, and I love it. And what I said in the the podcast most recent was that I wanted to see Vader in his most terrifying and destructive form and that is exactly what disney are bringing to the to the market at the moment obi-wan was kenobi was overpowered by darth vader and that was fantastic to see because that shows that anakin was progressing while obi-wan was basically becoming weaker because of his current state of being in the middle of tatooine without his lightsaber and without any uh, jedi training and so it was really interesting to see that and uh, overall exciting to see that the episode episodes are going to be coming at us and they're going to be coming at us with great content and i love that darth vader is being given the right love care probably not the right words to be using for the dark lord of the sith but it is the importance behind the character he is uh, exactly what we want he is the the dark lord of the sith that is shown in the external comic books and legends so As well as Kenobi and watching an absolutely fantastic new series, uh, I'm also keen to see where some of the Star Wars series go forward. I think the Star Wars 
even though Disney get things wrong, I think the series that they've created so far are really coming forward. And I hope Andor is going to be just as good as Kenobi. Let's, let's move on now. Now, for those who are British, you may have seen that uh, the Jubilee period was fantastic. I've never seen such a united, like, England in such a long time, so many flags, so many people um, celebrating together. Uh, it was truly inspiring to see. I don't think many, I'll ever see that, not for a long time, uh, again in my life, where you've got flags everywhere, you've got people having parties, people getting together, lots of uh, family and friends organising events to be able to celebrate this period of uh, the, the royal family. Uh, and I'm not a royalist, uh, and but it is nonetheless an inspiration to have seen that the Queen has been able to maintain a level of steadiness in the United Kingdom for such a long period of time and also represent the country in a steadfast and really, you know, respectable way. You can't say that she's not been respectable, even if you're not somebody who believes in the royal family. It is a a good picture of of how things should be done. <laughs> And so that's that's my two cents on that as well. And uh, you may disagree that you may think that this this celebration is a little bit over the top. But I love some of the performances put on by some of the artists. I love seeing Queen perform every time. I'll never get tired of hearing uh, Champion and We Will Rock You and all of those fantastic songs uh, because they're an incredible incredible band. And even w without Freddie Mercury being there, I'm sure he'd be extremely proud of the performance put on uh, by them as a group. As, as well as uh, Adam taking over as the lead singer and really putting in a different performance, but a, a, a fantastic one nonetheless. Sam Ryder performed as well, who did an excellent performance of the Eurovision. I, my, myself, like, I really enjoyed seeing finally the United Kingdom putting forward an actually good performer in the Eurovision for the first time, like, ever in my lifetime. So it was really nice to see someone smiley, happy, really wanting to be there and putting on an incredible show and so it seems that we are in good times at the moment covid is over we, we're pushing forward this is the summer of summers that we've all been wanting where we can travel where we can enjoy ourselves where we can uh you know really get back into life and forget that world war three is on the cusp of the world <laughs> i'm kidding it's it's not falling apart yet or not not until i've uh, not until i've had my fun and you've had your fun too uh and i think we need to be extremely positive hope for, hope for the best uh and take as many ukrainian refugees in as possible uh and you know that's that's the optimist in me coming out uh the realist says that this is going to be a long hard battle for rights of human rights and humanitarian it's going to be exactly like libya and, and syria in the sense that we're you know from their point of view we're definitely on the wrong side the americans are bombing those period those parts of africa um, and middle east and that's really sad to see i imagine that's what they see the americans the same way we're seeing the russians in the in ukraine at the moment and no one's really talking about that but at the end of the day I don't know enough to be able to give a solid opinion on it, but I will uh, say go have a look yourselves. I have seen a few things, and it is kind of disturbing to see that it's not black and white. 
as, as I thought it was. Lex Friedman does an extremely good piece on uh, both Rogan podcast and on his own podcast talking about the Ukrainian-Russian war at the moment. And he is Ukrainian-Russian, so he does, and he's American at the same time, so it is a extremely non-biased opinion, uh, and it is fascinating to hear him talk about such a, a controversial piece of information at the same time coming from somebody who has, you know, a lot to lose because he's got family and friends in Russia ukraine and in the us so it is fascinating to hear that so if you haven't go listen to lex uh, and he's you know if, if you're coming here and not going there i've got questions for you right now you should be sp sprinting over to those podcasts instead of <laughs> listening to mine <laughs> but that's that's life isn't it uh and finally final final topic before we end um for those who aren't football fans, I'm sorry, just skip to the end of the podcast and you know you're, you hear the outro and that's it. But for those who are football fans uh, and for those who are intrigued by what happened at the end of the season, I haven't actually been able to talk about this at all. So uh, Liverpool bottled the Champions League, Liverpool bottled the Premier League, uh, Man City won the Premier League, which was hard for all the way into the end of the did a fantastic job and Pep Guardiola was showing why he is the mastermind behind winning the Premier League and all, all other leagues it seems apart from the Italian uh, league and uh, he's, he's put together a team that is extremely efficient and works well together and that to me is like that's what needs to be done in in the premier league you have to have a team that works well together and you have to have that consistency to win every game and they had to win every game this season it wasn't like they got to december and they were already winning the premier league they had to win it all the way into the last game of the season and we're not going to get that very often this this is, hasn't really happened since 2012 and so it was really really exciting to to watch the premier league this season and to see liverpool put up a really good fight against city um, I felt really bad for them, if I'm honest, in terms of the, the Premier League because they'd been chasing City's tail the entire time. Uh, and, sorry, and uh, Chelsea, you know, I'm not going to... There was a little bit of frailty in both our defence and our attack and our midfield. And so we, d we deserve to be in third place. And the other three major teams... Tottenham, Arsenal and, and Man U they, they weren't better than Chelsea this season so it was a, a case of you know the order that was predicted in the first place probably was the right order, I wanted Chelsea to win the league this year and uh, we just seemed to lack that extra edge that Liverpool and City have over us in terms of attack and in a solid midfield and so that's, that's uh, what I'm here to talk about now, the rebuild the interesting part of the season is where we invest and buy and all these transfer uh, gossip is happening right now now for Chelsea we need an, uh, quite a few new defenders I doubt that people's contracts are going to be renewed especially with uh, Aspilicueta and for a lot Marcus Alonso who are in their 30s now and uh, are losing it a little bit and I most likely see them being let go and released and allowed to, to join other clubs. Uh, Rudiger's already joined uh, Real Madrid, so we need to bring in a solid central defender such as Kunde from Sevilla, make that investment, pay the 50 to 60 million, and then uh, I'm thinking to myself, do we need another defender? And I think so. I think that it would be an extremely important uh investment for the club to be able to have a long-term defender we got rid of Tomori and we got rid of Gui Gu Gu I don't want to say no Gua 
Gua, I think that's how you pronounce his name, uh, to Crystal Palace and to AC Milan. And as you saw, AC Milan won the league this year. And so Tomori was the main central defender for doing that. And maybe we should utilise that buyback clause. But I doubt he'll come back because he'll be saying, well, you sold me because I wasn't going to get any game time. And why should I come back? So... Chelsea need to, to really invest and, and allow Thomas Tuchel to, to have a vision and have that vision backed by the by the uh, club. And I hope that is the case. We need another central midfielder. I mean, obviously, De- Declan Rice is the ideal central midfielder to have, but the co- his cost probably will not be uh, backed by the club. And so we need to find some alternative. Uh, I think we need to extend Kante's sort of contract because although he has been a little bit inconsistent this season he is probably one of the best central defensive midfielders in the world if not the best and so it's important to be able to have these uh, players backed Kovacic obviously Mason Mount needs a new contract definitely he is the face of the club as well as Reese James so those two need to be backed forward Kovacic uh, obviously has still got a contract to go so we're good on him Jorginho get rid of him Really not bothered by him at all. I don't think he's worth having in the club. I think he's actually a weakness. Um, I think we need to bring in some of the youth. Conor Gallagher needs to be given uh, playtime next season. I think invest in him. I think some of the younger players who've already been given chances, like Ross Barkley and... I uh, um, can't remember his name. Oh, no. This is always the way. <laughs> Loftus-Cheek, that was it. Loftus-Cheek has been given so much playtime over the, the years, on and off, that I'm kind of like over him now. I think he's had it. He's had his chance. Just push him aside. He's either a bench player or he's like, you know, reserve. And I doubt he'll want to play that. He'll, he'll want more football time, so I'd say let him go. Because he, has, he hasn't, you know, he just hasn't done done enough. Maybe I'll, a lot of people will disagree with me on that one, but th- there you go. And then forwards, well, we need to just be like, oh, there's so many players who need to be let go. Lukaku clearly doesn't want to be there, so let let him go. Uh, Werner, I think, invest in. I, I know people will disagree with me, but I think Werner and Havertz need to be kept. They need to be made happy, and I think they need to have more game time. I think Werner actually is starting to, to come good, and I, I genuinely think that if you give him time, he'll get to the point. Uh, I think that Pulisic has been inconsistent, Ziyech inconsistent, so those two backup players, I doubt they'll want that, so again, they they need to be replaced. There is so much here, it feels like there needs to be a little bit of an overhaul for the whole squad, and we don't have enough money to be able to invest in that, so we're going to have to really make do with what we have, and uh, bring in some key players who, who could potentially change how we, you know, how we can compete with both City and Liverpool. And so I think that Kunde will be definitely the main one. I think a striker, maybe even utilising Lewandowski's one-year contract left at Bayern Munich and bringing him in as an experienced striker to be able to get some goals next season. Uh, I doubt that will be the case because I think he wants to go to Spain. So we need to bring in a striker who's proven, got experience, and can get serious amount of goals in. Um, I think that... There's very few players out there who can offer that. Maybe that we have to go with an unknown and then invest in him for the future, maybe. Or even wait for Tammy Abraham to have a few years at Roma and then buy him back. But I don't know. There's there's so many questions up front at the moment. that And that there's no standout striker for me in Europe at the moment who Chelsea can afford, who would come in, make the impact 
and and do it in in quite a short amount of time. Um, I think that Lukaku has proven to be a personality that even I think he's going to find it hard when he goes back to Inter as well. I don't think he'll hit the ground running because even though he's going back to Inter, I don't know whether he'll be there for long. I think it'll be a loan move, and that you know he won't. He had his chance there, you know, and he decided to go to Chelsea um, because of financial issues at Inter Milan. And now that they've, you know, come second this season, it's not like those are going to get any better. So the question will be, is that Chelsea next season, it could be a tumultuous season. We could be fighting against Tottenham Hotspurs for a top four place, which is kind of scary to say the least. And and, and City and Liverpool will continue their strong stead. Uh, And... Manchester United, well, they could either be absolutely fantastic or they could do the exact same thing this season and be absolutely awful uh, and end up in sixth or seventh place. So we'll see what happens. Uh, That's enough football from me. I mean, I could go on forever on that topic, but I think that's that's a good point to, to, to end on is that the question will always be on the mind when it comes down to Chelsea Football Club. So thank you for listening. This has been a Tell Us Tell Us podcast. This has been Chris's Corner. I've been your host, Chris Taylor. And as always, I hope to see you this time next week. Bye now.